0: hang on everybody here we go hi everybody I'm Debbie Montgomery Johnson the founder of the nonprofit the woman behind the smile and your host of stand up and speak up a show that is about each and every one of us many of us have something something we're hiding something we're ashamed of something that through no fault of our own or through our own making keeps us hidden and that in turn keeps us hidden from each other and the world Good people go through terrible situations. Wise people know when and how to let it go. Everything that happens to us helps us grow. And while it may be hard to see it right away, the most important thing to do is to change your perception about your circumstances. Regardless of what your personal experiences or traumas have been, this showcase series is designed to ignite the light in you as well by providing safe harbor education personal growth, and resources so that no matter where you are in your journey, you'll have the courage to move on when you're ready. Stand Up and Speak Up features ordinary people who've been through extraordinary situations and struggles and found the courage to step out from behind their smiles and speak up about their experiences and the lessons gleaned from those experiences. Everybody heals at a different pace, and we recognize that. So come on in, have a listen, and enjoy the ride at your own speed. Today, I would like to welcome our special guest out. She's coming to us from Pennsylvania, and she's a friend of mine through Women's Prosperity Network, another one of those organizations that I love to talk about, and I love to bring my guest in from there. So, Susan Glusica, welcome to Stand Thank Up and Speak you. Up. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here today, and I don't know that I've had anybody here from Pennsylvania recently. Uh, cool. Happy to represent. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm hoping that you're staying warm and safe and healthy and doing what you need to do.
1: Yes, ma'am. I yeah. am. And I'm so happy to have this
0: opportunity to speak to your tremendous audience. Well, it's fun. And you and I were having a short conversation earlier about who the audience is and. Everybody's had something happen in their lives. And mm-hmm. it may not have been as dramatic as you know, being scammed out of a million dollars like I was, but it doesn't matter. We've all been taken by somebody, and you're in the financial world. You, I'm sure, have heard lots of stories about that. So what I want to do oh, yeah. is many people don't know who you are. I'm going to tell a little bit about you, and then we're just going to dive right into our conversation. Okay? okay? So Susan is called the unrivaled realizer. After 20 years in the corporate as she puts it, after 20 years in the corporate cubicle side of the financial services industry, she founded a she had a crisis of legacy and could no longer see her impact in the world. I think that happens as we get a little bit older. Mm-hmm. In 2018, she founded Unrivaled Realizations LLC, and she created her signature coaching group called Money Realities and Realizations. She's come up with seven money realities, which we're going to talk about today. And she actually co-hosted a popular 2018 weekly radio show called Wall Street to Main Street, Money Matters That Matter. I love that title. She's an international best-selling author, a certified speaker by Women's Prosperity Network. And she's, are you still, you're not leader of the chapter or you're still leader of the chapter?
1: No, I'm, I'm a lifetime member. Uh, And I gave up leadership a couple of years back.
0: Okay. Well, she's still a leader in my eyes because she's rocking (laughs) it up in the Poconos. And I am so glad that she's here. She's called Unapologetic Prosperity is what we're going to be talking about. But before we get to that point, every one of my guests has a stand-up and speak-up story. So, Susan, can you kind of tell people who you are a little bit, where you come from, and what was one thing that might have happened to you as a child that has shaped you to be the person you are today?
1: Oh, yeah, that's easy. So um, part of what I do is help people shift their money beliefs. And when I was doing my own shifting of my own money beliefs, um, as a, the oldest girl of three girls in Br- Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, in the day, um, I remember that my parents um, taught us that the universe is limited. We were given our Christmas wish, because we're Christians, every third year. So each of us got our turn every year. So we had to alternate, and we had to make that gift last as long as three years. And I remember the year I got my the stereo of my dreams. That was an awesome year, and I had to make it last another two <laughs> years until my turn came around again, right? So we're, we're built to replicate our, our environment, uh, it's just programmed in our, you know, biological programming or DNA, and so it's what we're taught or not taught about money that um, informs how financially successful we are. And when I moved from the corporate world into entrepreneurship, I did kick the tires for a year and a half while still working full time in my corporate gig with the full support of my manager and everybody else because it was a great. Um, opportunity to get out there and actually make a greater impact in the client-facing side of the business. But I had no clue, because I still had those long-held money beliefs, as long as I was working in the corporate structure I was very successful. Because there's a structure and there's a formula kind of to to it, to follow. Once you get over into the entrepreneurship land where it's eat what you kill basically, right, Mm -hmm. it is a totally different landscape. You have to actually lead with your energy first, and um, you, ha- you, you don't have the structure behind you to give you authority. You have to now move into inspiring and influencing more than, you know, the managerial kind of career success that I had enjoyed for 20 years, right? So completely different landscape. And I, um, during that, you talk about like, you know, did I have, um, did this inform my, my way of thinking? Yes, because I kept expecting great success, early success, and I did leverage um, about 100 years' worth of experience in my first three years of doing that. So I got year 10 results in year three. However, they were not consistent, and it was because of my beliefs around money. And we'll talk a little bit about what happened with that, but the whole thing is that I, I never regret anything that happens because it makes you who you are today, right? And it informs, like I would never have made my signature discovery without that having gone through that struggle of, oh dear, <laughs> how do I do this in the entrepreneur world, right? And um, eventually shift my money beliefs so that, you know, I came out the other side. So I want to share there's hope for everyone no matter where you are in your money journey, Right? that there are, there are better
0: things ahead. And as, as the oldest of three, did your parents have expectations of you to be the go-getter, to be the first one out there, you know, the first child syndrome? There are a lot of expectations um, from parents, oh, yeah. and that yeah. could lead to being a really good entrepreneur, maybe not. Well, what's interesting about that is
1: I followed in my mom's footsteps in the corporate world and in specifically in the financial industry. Now, she had always remained, on, remained in the administrative side of the industry. I started there and within four years had moved out of the administrative side. I joke with my financial clients that because I still retain both businesses, my financial services firm and my uh, coaching practice, right, but i joke with my financial clients that their secrets are safe with me because i began my my career as a secretary and that's latin for keeper of the secrets <laughs> <laughs> very good but yeah all three of us were raised um to be type a mhm okay Absolutely. And, and i remember my so i was brought up that the universe is um you know limited and that was still being perpetuated um, in my late teen years, which was when I was deciding what I was going to do after high school. And I decided that I didn't need the college. My two sisters needed the money for the college. So I went into, I got a, a one-year certificate from secretarial school, Katie Gibbs, and I went and cut my teeth on Wall Street. My first job was making uh, sixteen and a half grand a year, and I thought I was queen of the universe. <laughs> right? And that's that's dating myself because that's really back in the day, um, in the late 80s, right? And the point being that um, I ultimately got my degree from NYU from, from uh, two corporations because in that day they were paying for college. Uh, they no longer do that. So I got my college a different way, and that actually led me to understand, you know, there's more ways to have things than you would think, right? So that encouraged me to think, bigger, um, like in a bigger peripheral viewpoint, right? And my sisters benefited. One went on to get a PhD and the other one did her undergrad in three years and decided to become a serial entrepreneur. She's got like five businesses. So yeah, you're right that the A plus personality upbringing does set the stage quite nicely for entrepreneurship. My challenge was that I had 20 years of success in my career prior to going entrepreneur and what the, what happens is the ego brain right which wants has one um, goal one role is to make sure that we uh, stay alive right or make it to another day to keep breathing that's it it just wants us to survive and anything outside of that parameter it will interpret as a threat and it will throw up circumstances right so um, if, if it's okay to share, my uh, crisis in the financial sense, which I wrote a chapter in Peggy Lee Hansen's first um, compilation book um, called uh, Courage Under Siege, Adversity to Victory in 2017. My chapter is called My Perfect Storms because I had always worn my heart on my sleeve, and i, I it's the story of how I went through several um, marriages, <laughs> two marriages, and then I said, No more, because I had by then uh, incurred quite a bit of debt from those two marriages. I was always the breadwinner, you know, being type A. (laughs) You tend to attract, right, people who are then not the breadwinner, right? Mm -hmm. And um, moving forward, I came to a point in my third marriage where, and and in my third marriage was where I decided to become an entrepreneur and um, it it was so challenging. I had so many challenges in, in my early years. Even seasoned financial professionals were like, "I've never seen anything like this. You have all like ten years worth of stuff that we usually contend with, but all in like your first two to three years." Like it was, and I was very committed and persistent. Um that's what my number one strength, I think, in the early years was just staying the course and being persistent. But my ego kicked up so many circumstances, including my car was repossessed. So, <laughs> that,
0: that could be a surprise.
1: Yeah. Well, it, I kind of knew it was a possibility. But when it happened, it was still a shock because, you know, you come from good upbringing, you come from success, and then all of a sudden you see, you know, and I was depending on my car for transportation, right, to, to go out and get work and do work and meet with people and network and all of that. Right At this point, we had moved from Brooklyn to Orange County, New York, and you need a car there there's there's not it's not like a you know a, a metro center right so I saw my uh my independence being carted away. it was more than just the car right it was and it was total devastation in the moment in terms of emotionally feeling like a failure. Uh, feeling like I had failed my husband, who I didn't, wasn't communicating what was going on in my business with him. Um, and he was, you know, making his own money in terms of in his career, but uh, he was not aware because I was so embarrassed that I was not able to be successful, consistently successful in my early years as an entrepreneur. So I was hiding it from him. So when my car got repossessed, he was not only shocked, but he couldn't figure out, like, why I didn't go to him for help, right? It's like, why didn't you let me know what was going on, right? So I learned a big lesson, life lesson, relationship lesson, and success lesson, right? You don't have to go it alone. <laughs> it's not, it's actually, you go, um, you go fast if you go alone, but you go farther when you go together. There's that's an African proverb somewhere in there. So that was um, very eye-opening and... Um, it, it brought me to my knees proverbially, right, uh, financially. And then um, through the grace of asking outside of my immediate family with my husband, right, to my greater family, I was able to get the car back, get, you know, re-engage in my practice, you know, of, of business practices and doing what I needed to do and moving forward. And it took me a long time to be able to talk about it without any emotion. Well, and that was, part, that was part of the, the cathartic um, releasing that that story in it, you know, writing it out and having it out in the public eye.
0: Absolutely, yeah. and that's the value of writing. And it's funny, as you're talking, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she is the epitome of the woman behind the smile. Because yeah. <laughs> we're self-sufficient, and we're just we want to make everybody think that we've got it all together. And, we're the rock.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: you know we're the fixers, and it's funny because i was thinking that we're about the same age because my first job I made twelve thousand five hundred as a paralegal in Denver, and I thought I was it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I also, my, you know, my mom taught me that money doesn't grow on trees. You know, that's the old New York, well, it's a mother thing, and it, money doesn't grow on trees, so be careful, don't talk about it, and all these things, and boy, has that limited our beliefs as we've gotten older.
1: Well, and here's the funny thing. So one of my favorite, like, so we talked about the ego, right? So one of my favorite questions, because you can, there are uh, methodologies and techniques that you can use in managing and dealing with and working with the ego to bring it to the other side of the equation so then it's on your team for the expansion or the next level or whatever it is that you want, right? My favorite question is to ask the ego... Is there evidence to the contrary? And then sit back and watch it contradict itself, meaning it just told you money doesn't grow on trees. Well, is there evidence to the contrary? Oh, yeah, well, it may not grow on trees, but it does grow on bushes, right? Cotton is a part of it. Right, so it does (laughs) grow on bushes. (laughs) I thought about that. Right. Right, So, yeah, and, and we, we totally, totally, totally um, receive money and other things, but I stay in my lane of money, right, to the capacity that we have to receive. So when we're trying to expand you know, and up-level, we come up to our upper limits, and the upper limits are usually set by the ego, what it feels is safe, you know, the comfort zone. And here's the funny thing about that. When you know how to work with the ego and, and bring it over to the side that goes, oh, yeah, like how much money have you made in your lifetime? And I don't care what the, money, what the number is, right? It's anywhere from half a million to millions of dollars, right, depending on your age. Well, there's proof for your ego already that you, it's safe. You already survived making whatever that dollar figure is, right? So going forward, all we're doing is shortening the time frame, but you, the money piece is not the issue, right? It's survivable. It's safe to have and want more money because we've already had it. We just don't recognize that, right? So when we get the ego to recognize that, it's the evidence. The ego always wants proven evidence, right? So it's the evidence that the
0: ego needs to feel safe. Well, it's very and interesting thinking of it that way just briefly. Because um, I work with a lot of women, including myself, that have lost a lot of money at one point in their lives mm-hmm. and they might, have, they might still be in that position where they've lost it and just, they're not thinking about what have I made through my lifetime, it's what have I lost and yeah. we get stuck in that. And what's, the, what's your key to moving, to doing that mind shift to go from the lack to the abundance?
1: Great question. So there's a two-pronged answer. First is to understand that what we focus on expands. Remember, in my financial practice, I help people with their financial plans, which includes debt paydown. Now, there is a recommended hierarchy for doing that, right? Like in which order that do you do it so that you retain the most money and can grow it and so forth, right? Not the financial institutions. That aside, what we focus on expands. So if you're focused on debt paydown, down, okay, you're never going to be finished because you're, you're focusing on debt and you're just going to keep being in debt and incurring more debt. What you need to do is pivot, right? Um, the, pivoting into curiosity is, the, is one of the ways out of resistance. So, like, what you're doing when you're focusing on what you lost is you're resisting the more money, which is the solution, right? The solution isn't less debt. The solution is more money. And then the more money, we don't want the money. We want what the money gets us. So when we focus on more money, we're able to use that money to get out of debt. But we're not focusing on the debt pay down, That's just an effect of of the money, right? So we focus on more money. And before that, we get into the mindset and the belief pattern that that's safe and good. In fact... I will tell you and your listeners, there is no more or higher noble pursuit than getting rich. It comes from Wallace D. Waddles, The Science of Getting Rich, which Nancy Matthews, one of the co-founders of Women's Prosperity Network, introduced me to I don't know how many years ago. (laughs) And... um, in fact, she has an online uh, or an audio program that will walk you through that Like in 30 days. It's great. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. But he says, the reason he says that is because money is the effect and service is the cause. And sales and marketing gets you into the service, right? So, but being in service, so think about it. If you are serving your peeps, whoever they are, who's your who, at your highest level right, naturally the money comes as an effect of that and lots of money, right? So, so backtrack, right? So receiving lots of money is good because it means I'm serving at my highest level, right? I'm in service and I'm expressing, self-expressing myself at my highest value, So naturally, the money comes in exchange, right? But we we focus on the effect because we have to define, well, how much money do we want? Because the universe will not give it to us unless we're very specific. The universe rewards specificity. So going back to your leg, if you're focusing on, oh, I lost all this money, what we focus on expands, so we must get into the pivoting into curiosity out of the resistance, right? Like, I, I wonder why I'm focusing on the lost money, right? What is it about, like, why am I so attached to that and get the answer, right? So you resolve that and you crowd out the focus on the loss by shifting your focus to the money, right? And knowing it's safe and what's in your highest and greatest good, i.e. serving at your highest level, is in everyone else's highest and greatest good, do like, so we come from that place.
0: I'm going to have to re-listen to this again and again and again because my mind is just like zooming because what you're saying is so true and I'm trying to put myself in the situation of, of after that loss, you know, what is it? Why are we thinking about that? And it, part of it is because you're angry at yourself for losing it or giving it away and being taken. And loss of control, and then part of it too now is when we talk about getting it again, it's that fear of can I hold on to it? Can I take care of it? You know, I'm, yeah, and, I wasn't a good can caretaker. I trust
1: myself with the money now?
0: Right? Exactly. How do you get How do you get over that?
1: So this is a good segue into. Um, I'll explain what happened in terms of um, how how to shift all of this, right? So my signature discovery. Working with one of my coaches as a business strategist, she is uh, Renee Gambino. She's awesome, and uh, she also helps you connect consciously to people during your sales conversation. In case anybody out there is looking for that as well, um, but she and I have been working together for years. And, and after the first year, she said. You know, now, I only had my financial practice, so that's what I was engaging her for, right? I had some inconsistencies in my client servicing process, and she helped me identify them and eradicate them. And then she said, you know, I I suspect that when you do a financial plan for someone, you're doing more than the financial plan. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm all in. (laughs) Uh, They need anything they need, even outside the financial realm, right? Because the better that they do, the better I do. Like, it's a win-win. Yes, let's go, right? Right. So teaching their kids about money, um, helping them in their next career steps, whatever it was, okay? And she said, yeah, we're going to have to like, uh, you know, figure out how to monetize that for you. And I said, okay, I don't know how that's going to work because I'm in a highly regulated industry. <laughs> they're very cautious about what they allow us to do extracurricularly, right? So she goes, it's all right. We'll just figure it out. Great. And she said, you know, there's a book I want you to read. It turns out I had read it already. So on the second read-through, it's called Power... Versus force by Sir David Hawkins. He uh, uses kinesiology, meaning the muscle in, muscles in the body go strong in the presence of truth. So you're actually walking around with a truthometer, if you will. There's a way to muscle test any uh, decision or any you know reality statement. Right, like it's in my highest and greatest good to make you know three thousand dollars this month. You can get a yes or a no from your body, okay? But anyway, his book is all about the states of consciousness. He has a a map of the states of consciousness. And the idea is states of consciousness are correlated to emotions. And emotions are what we um, embody or vibrate in the body, right? Like they have a frequency. Just a half step back, everything's energy, Mm -hmm. right? The desk is just denser energy, right, than the air, but everything is energy. Money is energy. Well, in his world, right, states of consciousness and emotion are energy, and they can be calibrated to a, um, a range between zero, which is death, meaning no vibration, and a thousand, which is like the highest frequency we can embody, which is the realm of Jesus, Buddha, and Krishna. Well, if you think about it, and then everything in between, right? So there's anger and shame. Shame actually is, is the lowest. So there's mm-hmm. shame. There, and so when we're ashamed, right, that's extremely dense, i.e. low vibrational energy, right? Mm-hmm. And we can, we can get lost in that emotionally, right, if mm-hmm. we don't know how to get out of it. Here's my number one tip, no matter what emotion is going on, and fear is part of that. There, there are life-taking Uh, vibrational frequencies, and they are anything that goes between 0 and 300. And they include um, anger, shame, worry, regret, anxiety, and fear. Okay? Anything in that bucket is going to take life away from you. Okay? It's it's like antithetical to life, if you will.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So, and there's no judgment here. I mean, I've been through all, <laughs> all levels of the money realities, right? That's what I call them. The money realities, which are the seven energetic levels of money consciousness, they correlate to these levels of, of you know, just uh, states of consciousness, right? Because when I read through it, I said, oh, for the second time. It's a bit texty, but I said, oh, this is exactly how money energy works. <laughs> and then I. Uh, working with my coach, I sussed out right um, that there there are about seven money realities in there right, and I've labeled them and I've uh, you know I can describe each one. Here's the gist: the first two. It's um, there. There, the first one is deficient essence, and the second one is captive desire. Think of a tornado, right? Like how it comes, it's tight at the bottom, and it expands up as you go up in the sky, right? That's mm-hmm. the concept. The base one and two levels, right? which also correlate to the colors red and orange, are deficient absence and captive desire. When you're in those two, first the first level shows up as bankruptcies, liens, repossessions, so I was definitely in that one way back when. <laughs> and captive desire is that you desire a better future, but you don't have faith that you can bring it about. Right. So you can imagine how being in those fiscal states, right, just doesn't bring the money in because we're all vibrational beings. We all respond, we receive and respond to energy. You can walk into a room and know, if you want to, right, who's happy and who's not, right? You can actually discern it for yourself. Right, a lot of people do this unconsciously. You can bring it to a more conscious level if you want. Right, mm-hmm. and same with our money. Right, we can get more awareness around which level of money reality we're in, and regardless of which one you're in, because there are other ones. There's um, the next step is courageous forgiveness. Because you were talking about like, so how do we how do we move? beyond right focusing on money we lost and anger over that loss and needing to forgive ourselves and then the fear if we get we do step into more money right the fear of how am i going to manage that because uh, my experience is i wasn't good at it before what makes me think i could be good at it now well the 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 prescriptions so to speak for all of that is Once you get into the third level, courage, which vibrates at 300 out of the one to 1,000 spectrum, is the pivotal turning point. From that point on, you're now in life-giving vibrational territory. So now you're gonna have starter prosperity coming in and abundance, right? It won't be consistent, but you'll start to see, right, like sparks of it come in. And what this means is, you have courageously done a few things. You have taken total responsibility. Not, not. Um, well, you have taken total ownership. I'll say, not that you're responsible per se, but you did have a role in where you wound up. Right? Where that's that's just how it works. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we we. We don't blame ourselves okay there's no blame here we compassionately take ownership and just say okay on some level i must have attracted this i don't know how but let me just go with that right i I attracted it and i'm i have a role in where i am today great i'm going to forgive myself for being human maybe trusting somebody i wasn't to trust or, you know, learning a hard lesson, or whatever it was. I mean, I had to forgive myself for letting my car be repossessed. That's not fun. (laughs) (laughs) But it was necessary in order to move forward, right? Mm -hmm. And once we're able to do that, and, and here's how energy works. I'm in every listener's field right now, and I have courage by the boatloads. So if whenever you need courage, you just Take some of Susan's. Uh, I have plenty of it to share, right? Mm -hmm. If you can't come up with your own courage, you can use mine, okay? You don't even have to return it. Just use it. That's the way Mm -hmm. energy works, right? So I want to encourage everybody. There is a way, right? There's always a way, and you can do that. You can step into courage and forgive yourself for whatever it was in the past that created whatever the money reality you're in today, right? And that... That release, right, from the past, from your experiences, will help you move more confidently and securely into the future and help you reset your ability to receive money, right? Um, One of my favorite things to tell people to do is to write a love letter to money. So write a love letter to money, right? Write how you... um, what a great home you're going to have for it or that you have for it already, what a good steward, all the great things you're going to do with it, because, again, we don't want the money. We want what the money gets or does for us, right, that allows us to be, do, and have. And express that in a letter. I've seen people's love letters to themselves. My clients share when they want to, right, That they, when they've written a love letter to money. And it's great. It's phenomenal. And it sets the stage for like this wonderful, energetic invitation to money to come on in, right? It really, it elbows out any resistance because here's how that works. So I told you to imagine, and, and I'll, I'll close shortly so you can ask whatever next question you have, but I told hmm? you to imagine a tornado, right? So as you go up in money realities or energetic levels of money consciousness, it gets lighter and more expansive. So you need to be lighter and more expansive to have the more money come into your world. Writing a love letter to money, because love or above is where all of that attraction and magnetic um, ability resides in you. And when you're vibrating at 500 and above, that's love, love is at 500, gratitude is 900, right? Uh, gratitude actually is the, is the top of the, of the vibrational frequency that we can embody. I mean, 1,000 is the pinnacle, but that's like the realm of Jesus and walking on water and right? Buddha and Krishna, right? Mm-hmm. But imagine if you're at that level... There's no room for the lower vibrational. You do, you're not receiving the signals of the lower vibrational uh, frequencies, right? Like there's no room for anger or hate or anxiety or fear or worry or doubt or shame. There's just no room for it. It doesn't exist at the higher realms. So the key is to keep your vibrational frequency as high as you can. And loving money, right, is... is um, the fifth of the seven levels so you know you can you can go from courage into four which is harmonious acceptance and then move into five which is loving money and when you you know it doesn't matter what realm you're in always um, expressing gratitude for everything that you have is a surefire way to keep
0: your energy high and i think that's what holds us back sometimes is we get so well, i'll call it self-absorbed or in that uh, in that tunnel vision of just seeing what's not coming into our lives mm-hmm. that we forget that just looking out at the sunshine it's a sunny day out the sun's out your eyes are open mm-hmm. you know we forget those this the little thing for breathing
1: hello Yeah, it's about becoming a good finder, right? Because, again, what we focus on expands. So it makes sense that if we're focusing on the things that we're grateful for and thankful for, which, again, is vibrating at 900 on the scale, pretty close to the top, right? Um, We're going to naturally be a vibrational frequency for more things to be grateful and thankful for. And here's an important thing to remember People who I say this to who don't operate in this way of thinking, they think I'm talking about being a Pollyanna, putting on rose-colored glasses, right? Ignoring the lower vibrational frequency. I'm not talking about that at all. What I'm talking about is attracting more of the good stuff, right? I'm human. I still go into the lower uh, vibrational frequencies, right? I, I can be triggered into anger or frustration or what have you, right? The the difference is, is that I know, I go there for like 30 seconds. (laughs) I know how to pivot myself out of it very rapidly, right? I I don't land in a funk for days over something, right? Mm -hmm. Used to, totally used to, but I don't anymore because Mm -hmm. I have learned and I have trained myself, A, to be a good finder even for the stuff I don't prefer. So when I am triggered into anger or I, am, I do go into frustration or whatever the case may be or, you know, a prospect and I find out after doing some work together we're not a fit or they want something different or whatever it is, right, I release them in gratitude because here's what I say instead. I say I'm so happy and thankful for whatever the situation is, right, because I know better is on its way. So That's true, replace, yeah. Mm-hmm, you replace, right. So, so think of it. If you lost millions of dollars and you're grateful for it, right, or whatever the loss is, right, you lost, it was heartache related, romance related, whatever it was, right, and, and again, I'm trying to stick in my lane of money, but it does apply to other areas of life. It's all inter- interconnected and interwoven, right, then, um, you know, there's an opportunity Right? There's an opportunity in that appreciation for that kind of shadow experience of the loss because imagine what that means to better is on its way. Wow. When you
0: can open to that, right? Right. And for me, it's you know I didn't have the money. I found it because mm-hmm. I, I thought it was family. And then afterwards, I'm thinking, well, I always love to say that my last suit has no pockets. I wasn't going to take it with me. <laughs> But the experience changed me from the inside out. And what you said about forgiving, you've got to forgive yourself first when something like that happens so that it allows you maybe to forgive the other person, maybe not forget it. Well, you want to forget it, but not forget what you did. Um,
1: (laughs) Well, you want to move on from it, right? You you don't want it to hold you back any longer at some point. You get to that point. And um, what you said just now reminds me to remind everybody that all judgment is self judgment that's mm. why the forgiver gains more when they forgive both themselves and others right it's it's really not for the other it's for not you. at all exactly so for, even in forgiving someone else you're still forgiving yourself because it's it's a self-judgment thing right okay. and you've heard it probably before others are a mirror right and you will always better identify in someone else the work that you need to do in you. Just
0: there, you there you go. That's yeah. interesting. And yeah. get, your, get your ego out of it and get your, you know, humility yes. into it. And I, I love how you say write a love letter to money. My guest yeah. last week uh, said she wrote love letter she, she wrote letters to God and she had God write letters mm-hmm. to her. And, it, you know, this is so true because there is abundance out there. And I heard you talk when you were, when you were talking with Vizmaya on her show uh, about abundance. And there's always abundance. And this yep. part cracked me up, because you said there's always an abundance of money, and there's always an abundance of bills. <laughs> it's it's well, what they're,
1: you... They're, yeah, and so, ahead. like, right, so there's always abundance, right? There's either an abundance of money or an abundance of bills. Yep. It's your choice what you focus on.
0: <laughs> right, and and as you were talking about writing checks out, you said, I'm. you could be, oh, geez, another bill, I've got to pay something else, or... I'm really grateful I have the money to pay this bill. Or in the case with you and Visma, you're talking about how pretty your checks were, and I'm just—I was just laughing. <laughs> those were the days of our really pretty checks. Uh-huh. I still have those checks. <laughs> Occasionally, so I still write a check. Yeah. <laughs> I so have a few. Go ahead. Uh-huh. No, I think I have a brother who uh, writes my father a check every now and then. I'm thinking, geez, Jim, why don't you just come into the 21st century? Just <laughs> transfer the money. But he mm-hmm. physically writes the check, and so I've had to show my pop how to take a picture of the check from his phone <laughs> because some of the banks aren't open now. So you have to transition, you know, yeah. to being able to put the money in there. But it just made me laugh when I heard you talking about, yeah, there's an abundance of bills. But I can be happy that I paid them rather than, ugh, you know, yeah, more so money let's... out of the bank account.
1: Let's talk about the energy of blessing,
0: right? Like mm-hmm.
1: I, so when we want more of something, right, it, there's, there's truth to the statement that, like, you know, if you, when you send out money, however you do it, electronically, even automatically, right, you still need to remember that you, you want to be in alignment with I'm blessing this money as it goes out and I'm asking it to return tenfold, right? It's, it's an intention, Right, you're intentional, intentionally conscious about the flow of money, because many people are stuck in the what I lovingly call the middle class mindset, and we could argue if there is a middle class anymore. But this is what I call it, right? Mm-hmm. Where money comes in and goes right out, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the level of money is. I mean, I work with you know the whole range of household incomes, right? Really, truly, up to a million plus dollars, right? A, a year in income, it's all relative. So whatever comes in goes right out. Whatever comes in goes right out. So when you switch up your money consciousness to include, I'm going to bless the money and be thankful and express gratitude for the money coming in, as well as the money going out, because I'm going to ask that money going out to return to me tenfold. It's a complete circle, Hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. And when people are invited over to my financial um, practice, right, the process there is we set you up for there's a hierarchy of managing what I call your money flow. First, you want to honor that source is the source. People are not the source. Money comes to us through other people, but source is the source of our financial abundance. Okay, It's, it's the source of all of our abundance Mm -hmm. everything we have comes through source the higher we're vibing the greater the abundance it's just the way the energetic formula works for that right so we honor with our first dollar that comes in 10 percent tithing it comes from agricultural uh foundation right Mm -hmm. but 10 percent is kind of like the suggested rule of thumb right if you can't do Mm -hmm. 10 percent, do 1 start where Mm -hmm. you are right the idea is no matter how much that means in dollar terms, you with your first dollar quote, right, you're honoring where the source is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you want to protect with your next dollar because you need protection, right like everybody thinks auto homeowners, well, there's other levels of protection to consider. Right. In um, during the pandemic, it became very amplified of having a paycheck protection, something or other. Right. Mm -hmm. So the government stepped in, but they, you know, and that was good for about twenty percent of the population. By my research, Um, the rest, the eighty percent, right, they have their own paycheck protection. Whether that's optimal or not, that's you know should be assessed. But the point is, you need to protect both your income and your assets, right? You can even protect your liabilities too, right? So, and then you want to save, the rule of thumb is 20% of gross, and then, then you want to pay down debt.
0: So Mm -hmm. you only
1: pay down debt after you have been charitable, meaning you're honoring the source, it could be educational institutions, religious institutions, you know, helping a neighbor down the street, whatever it is. And it's got to be something bigger than you, okay? And then you protect and you save, and then you pay down your debt um, efficiently, mm-hmm. and then you live on the rest. It kind of it kind of reverses the way most people flow their money. Most people will spend their money in terms of live on it first. Then they're on this emotional need to get the, the monkey off their back of debt, right? Um, usually fueled by guilt or the, the fear like I'm not worthy of managing my money, right? Like it's all lower vibrational stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if there's anything left, they'll protect and they'll save, and so the national average is really low. It's lower than 5% right now. The national savings average rate, it's really low. It's come up. It used to be 1% some years back, so it has increased. But it, it, 20% is the rule of thumb because more and more we don't have pensions. Mm-hmm. We don't have, right, we're responsible more and more. And um, government and corporations have shifted the risk of growing our money for retirement to the consumer. So because of that, we we can't really control what rate of return we get. We can control our rate of savings. So if you're saving
0: 20%, you're in a good position. Correct, and it's, it's interesting that this whole pandemic time, that's the first thing, and I've got, had some financial background also, so mm-hmm. uh, in spite of giving a lot of money away, I, I, I have probably made it or saved a lot in my lifetime, but I oh. do recognize, too, that for me, tithing's number one, and then putting, mm-hmm. putting your money first, paying yourself next mm-hmm. is so important, and I saw that manifested in, during this pandemic when so many people were, had nothing, and, mm-hmm. it, you know, we were like, you've got to have your, at least your 72-hour kit. You know, down here in Florida, we've got our hurricane kits. We've got to prepare mm-hmm. for three days. It used to be, you know, I grew up, you, you prepared for a year, and then it went down to six months, and then it went down to three months, and then it went down to two weeks. And now we're like, just prepare for three days because it takes the Red Cross three days to come in to help you out during a hurricane. So mm-hmm. everybody, I think... We think that it's easy to rely on the government, rely on so-and-so. We need to rely on ourselves and come back to being right. that self-sufficient person. So the buy one, get one. You know, buy, buy a can, put a can away, and then mm-hmm. rotate through so it's not going bad. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the whole, that. I like that whole aspect of what you're talking about. Pay the yeah. source, whatever your source mm-hmm. is first, the 10%, then put your savings away and then start paying the bills because I found when I pay my 10% first, that 90 that's left will take care of everything else.
1: Correct. Yep.
0: And, and, and the second
1: piece is the perfect protection. Like you want to make sure that you have sufficient protection because if you don't put protection in place, I'm talking about insurance, right? If you don't put whatever the type of insurance, that exists, right, to to protect yourself and your paycheck or income or revenue and your assets, right, Um, if a shoe drops, or I will say when a shoe drops, right, then it's too late to put the protection in place. So you always put that, right, in terms of managing the flow of where your dollars are going. It's charitable. It's protection, savings, then debt. If you do it that way, that's the... The best um, uh, hierarchy for flowing your money that I have found that is in alignment with how money
0: energy works. And the younger you start, the better, because I I know about you can catch up. You can, but I know about the protection. When my husband passed away, he had canceled our life insurance policy Mm. two months before he died. So I'm the safe person, secure. I want the security, the safety. And when, that, when he did that, I didn't want the contention. I'm like, eh, let it go. It's okay. And then two months later, he died so quickly without any anticipation. And that was the one thing that I got mad at after he died. Yeah. I'm like, why did you because do that? Because it's true.
1: Dead people don't need
0: money. It's the they don't
1: need the money. <laughs>
0: exactly. Well, in yeah. consequence of that, I am so overinsured because I'm afraid of, you know, leaving my kids with nothing and I'm like, yesterday I was talking to my husband and I said, "This is silly. I have way too much of a particular term." I said, "Why am I doing this?" And it's just that innate um, I have to protect, I have to protect." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Well, two out of four don't need my protection really." But
1: well, Would it be helpful for me to clarify one thing there for you? Sure. So you, you can it's actually a it's an inaccurate um, perception that one can be overinsured. No insurance company will ever over anything. Not a person, not an income, not a house, not a car. It just doesn't happen. It's a perception because people don't appreciate there are two ways to. If you're talking about life insurance, just to put on a. Slightly different cap for thirty seconds here. Um, it's a, it's just an opportunity for people to get clarity, right? There are mm-hmm. two ways to identify how much life insurance you might want. One is a needs based analysis. That's limiting. The other is a human life value formula that basically takes your income and your age and a fa- your age determines the factor and times it multiplies your income by a certain factor that's age-based and gives you an amount. That's the maximum that any insurance company would com- combined total that you could put in place, right? Mm-hmm. I prefer the latter because it's, that's the optimal and it replaces the income to the family. Of the of the person, you know, who's bringing in the the money, right? Or performing services if it's a house, uh, you know, house uh, um, someone who works in the home, yeah. And
0: that changes over time. What we needed when we were young and had children is not what we need when we're sixty five and you know, kids are kids. Well, kids are coming back home to the roost. (laughs) Well, and when you can, yeah, and then you
1: when you figure in multigenerational needs or desires well maybe that's not even enough like it's so it just depends the lens that you're looking this is true for anything right yep. i have an exercise that i walk my clients through it's from dr yvonne oswald she's one of the top five global hypnotists in the world and she's phenomenal i also met her through uh, women's prosperity network she's mm-hmm. amazing and uh, she has a an exercise where you look up because there's no way you can feel down when you're looking up and you increase your peripheral, you just become aware, you expand your vision into your periphery, and from that point of looking up and having an expanded periphery, you become calm, you become like, you you can think, you become more open-minded to possibilities. It's a great place to learn new information from because you're open to taking it in and fully receiving it, right? Uh, it takes 30 seconds, and you can do this before you drive. By the way, you want to do it before you get in the driver's seat um, because you'll be much more aware of what's going on around you, in you know, b- before you, around you, and behind you, you know, in and around traffic, especially. So I, I drive where there are a lot of deer, and I do this so that I'm aware
0: and I'm, I'm not good, not hit a deer, right? So. I'm so, I'm so glad you brought that up. That was actually something that you and Vismaia talked about too. And and mm-hmm. t- in addition to putting your chin up, I loved how you said put your arms out and mm-hmm. open yourself up. I mean, physically, you're opening yourself up by putting your arms out and then you know wiggling your fingers or whatever, just mm-hmm. to up your. But that's just to, such to a positive, positive free. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, as I'm sitting here at my desk, it's so easy to roll your shoulders back and just kind of slump. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible on yep. your lower back.
1: But mm-hmm.
0: everybody that's on, you know, listening to the show, do that. Put, you know, you didn't Just say put raise your, your head. Back,
1: yep, and yeah. raise your head. Yep, and look up. It's an instant. It's an instant. It's a way of commanding your energy using your physiology, right? the The body follows the
0: mind, right? So your well, mind I'm looking, says, look "I'm up. looking up." Yeah. Yep. I'm looking up at a picture in my office, and it's of my kids. That was, it was actually taken the day my husband, we had his funeral. But the, the, the picture is surrounded by something that called, it said, live, laugh, love. Oh, and then it says, life is not measured by the number of breaths we take, but by the number of moments that take our breath away. Mm-hmm. And in spite of that terrible time at that moment, we all had a smile on our face, and we realized that we were still together as a family. And even though Dad was gone, we still had moments that we could take our breath away going forward and that's been ten and a half years. Yeah. Um, and so much has changed since then that has really our lives are full of joy because that's part of life, is it's the you know, the tragedies and the things that happen to us. It's part of what we go through. But it's like you said, it's the mindset of what can we learn from it, what did we get out of it, and how can we move forward and be of service to someone else that might be going through it.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's better to have loved, right, and lost than never to have loved. It's the same thing with money. It's better to have had it, and even if you lost it, right, <laughs> because yeah. here's the deal. You can, repla- you can replace it. You had it once before. You, now, you know, we know you can replicate that, right? So because you had money, even though you, you lost it, right, it's easier to replace than someone who never had
0: it in, the be- in to begin with. Okay, I'll put you to that challenge. Now, how can <laughs> how can people get a hold of you more or to get this information? And do you have a class or to share yeah, with us how offer, we can get you?
1: Yeah, I offer a whole bunch of different ways to work with me or be in my world. Um, and what I what I especially love is the opportunity to give people clarity, right, to, to be in service to them. So I have on my uh, website a way to schedule what I call an expansion call. Mm-hmm. It's 20 minutes, 30 minutes if you have questions. I, I have a series of questions that I ask in a rapid fire kind of way so we get your best, most intuitive answer forward. Mm-hmm. And you get clarity on like what's your biggest challenge, you know, what's working, what's not working, and then what do you want, right? And if there's any desire to go further from that, you know, we, we determine that at the end of the call. And then, you know, I have, I'll explain whatever I believe is the best fit for the person. And there's, there's never any pressure. It's just an offer. So how do they get you? What's that? It's susanglusicacom forward slash
0: schedule. Okay. Schedule or schedule? I, heard, I thought I heard scheduler at some point schedule schedule yep okay and it's called an expansion call yes okay so everybody go to susanglassica.com forward slash schedule and get a 20-minute expansion call with my dear guest miss susan you've had so much great information today susan and uh, i was sitting here uh, making notes before i'm sitting here making notes after they're highlighted they're (laughs) these great things and uh, you know, so much has happened in so many of our lives and, and, and our view of money, and, and it just made me laugh this morning when I heard that there's an, either an abundance of bills or an abundance of money. And it's, we're going to have the money to pay the bills if we just relax and don't cut up, get caught up in the lack. because yeah, that The lack truth
1: of the matter yeah, is that we always get what we need. So the trick is to raise your need line. Because we always get what we need. You know, the, the, the college is always funded. The wedding is always paid for, right? The bills are always covered somehow. The kids, you know, how expensive are kids, right? But somehow we raise them, we fund them, and we send them off into life, right? Somehow that happens. Why? Because we always get what we need. So get what you need and come to an expansion call. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Perfect. So thanks everybody for, for being here. And, and Susan, thank you so much for your information. I, I really enjoyed it. And many times, most times, this call is for me, not necessarily anybody else that's listening. Uh, but I just want to thank you so much for this. It's, it's great. And uh, have you written a book? or Well, you were part of Peggy Lee's book.
1: I uh, I am a part of one of Peggy Lee's book. Um, I didn't read your story. I think I probably have it as, as an ebook download, but I'm aware of your story because I listened to you. I think mm-hmm. it was on one of Nancy's Wow calls.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, amazing
0: story. Well, in your book, well, you can get it on Amazon, and it was called Courage Under Fire. Um, Courage and actually, Under Siege. Oh, the Courage Burquity Under Siege. Victory. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Peggy Lee. She's listening to the show. She's like, Dad, get it right. <laughs> <laughs> so she's, uh, she's actually helping me publish my, uh, my Audible book of The Women Behind the Smile, and that should be coming out. November yes, December. Cool. We're excited about that. But and anyway, I
1: have a I have another book with uh, that was done with Katrina Sawa and that's Jumpstart Your Blank and it's Volume 3.
0: My chapter <laughs> in
1: there is Jumpstart
0: Your Exponential Prosperity. There you go. And let's be unapologetic about it because there is an abundance <laughs> out there for all of us. So thank you so much and I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. And to everybody that's with us, again, thanks for listening. And go to susanglusicacom slash schedule and get your 20-minute expansion call. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to learn a lot about yourself and about what Susan does. So thank you, everybody. Thanks for being here for, and listening to Stand Up and Speak Up. We are dedicated to encouraging you to remove the, the mask of embarrassment and to being your best self. If any of you know someone that has been victim to fraud or scam or you yourself have been victim, please report it to scam.com or ic3.gov. Remember to join my website, thewomanbehindthesmile.com for replays and for really good information about the woman behind the smile and all that entails. And join my Facebook group, Stand Up and Speak Up, for special information. This episode has been sponsored by benfocomplete.com, a vitamin supplement that supports happy and healthy hands and feet for those with neuropathy. If you or anyone you know struggles with the pins and needles or numbness in their hands and feet, check out Benfotimian products at benfocomplete.com and use the special code STANDUP for a 5% discount on your purchase. We thank you all for being with us today. Have a great holiday season and know that we're there for you and we're wishing you great abundance. And don't apologize. It's available for us all. So thank you, Susan. Thank you, everybody. We really appreciate you being here today.
1: Thank you.